Hello, and welcome back to Better Health Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. I hope you're checking back in again to hear week two of our sleep series uh, because I'm excited to do it. Last week, we talked about some of the basics of sleep. Today, we're going to jump in and, and dig a little bit deeper into some of the things that poor sleep can cause. So I hope that's why you're here. If if you're new to the podcast, let me just give you a real quick update. Uh, I normally try to post every Monday, try to get you folks some good information. Uh, I don't have a product. I don't have an agenda. I'm not selling anything. I'm just giving you the information that's out there, trying to help you put it together so that we can all have better efforts at becoming healthier. If you want to get in contact with me, you can send me an email message at the new email address, betterhealthnowpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to make sure that you get notified of the next podcast in the series for sleep or just in general, all the rest of them, uh, subscribe, share this with your friends, and we can try to get some good information out to all the folks out there who need to be a little bit healthier. So onward to what we're going to talk about as far as sleep or sleep part two, as I would like to call it. Not very creative, I know. Last week, what we talked about was how much sleep we need, some of the things that can interfere with our sleep. We talked about ways to improve both the quantity of our sleep and the quality of our sleep. The idea that on average, adults need about seven hours of sleep as a minimum. Today, we're going to take a look at some of the health problems that inadequate sleep or poor sleep can cause and can lead to, uh, and some of the problems that that occur because of that. I want to start off just a little bit differently today again uh, with a few ideas about why exactly we sleep. If we're going to talk about the problems that come from not sleeping well, then we need to talk about what exactly our body accomplishes while we're trying to sleep. What's what's going on there? Why do we need to sleep? Challenge here is that there is no one concrete answer about why we sleep. Everybody knows we need to sleep and everybody feels better after we sleep, but why? There's a few ideas and I'm going to share some of those with you. One of the ideas is that we, our bodies, save energy while we sleep. We don't use as much energy because we're not as active. Over the years, we have become a a creature that sleeps to conserve energy. There's some ideas that years ago, we slept during the nighttime because predators were out at night and therefore being safe and sleeping during that time would offer us more safety and protect us. Things have changed, but most people still choose to sleep at night for the most part. There's also the ideas, and there's some great proof for this, that we recover from injuries better when we are sleeping. We recover from illnesses when we are sleeping. Our brains act and process and respond differently when we are sleeping. We all get into the REM or deep sleep where we dream. Those That does physical things to us, to our brain. Learning is an important part of what sleep does. Sleep is tied to. Our brains consolidate newly learned information better when we sleep. So there's a lot of things that go on when we sleep. Knowing all that, it helps us to to take a look at what happens when we get poor sleep a little bit better. What's going to happen? Well, there's two overall categories of stuff that are going to happen to us when we don't get good sleep. Uh, Our concentration, our alertness, our ability to think and reason is going to suffer. So there's a brain side of things, and then there's a physical side of things. We just get sick, run down, and we can't heal and repair as well. Those two categories, what's going on with our brain and what's going on with our physical bodies, um, are two categories of uh, that are going to be impacted negatively if we get poor sleep. I want to start off with the physical side of things because I think a lot of us have a clue toward the brain side of things. So let's start off with what's a little bit maybe new to us. Last week I talked a little bit about the cdc.gov 
website, they track things like sleep. Uh, this is important to the government for lots of different reasons. What they say is that adults who were short sleepers, short duration sleep, less than seven hours per 24 hour period, those folks were more likely to report 10 chronic health conditions compared to the people who got more than seven hours of sleep a night. Arthritis, depression, asthma, diabetes, type two diabetes, cancer, heart attacks, coronary heart disease, stroke, and finally chronic kidney disease. Those are the 10 diseases that show up more often, statistically more often, in people that don't get enough sleep. Now there's, there's a little bit of a catch in there. Maybe some of the people that have those diseases don't sleep well because of those diseases. We can't be sure that lack of sleep is necessarily what causes those, but it is statistically important that people who don't get enough sleep report those, in, those complaints and those conditions more than people that get enough sleep. The Cleveland Clinic Journal of Medicine in 2011 wrote an article that looked at sleep loss and type 2 diabetes very specifically. In their studies, people who reported sleeping less were at a high, higher risk of diabetes or disordered glucose metabolism. They looked at laboratory studies and they found that short-term sleep deprivation caused measurable changes in glucose metabolism, how our body responds to sugar. It also caused hormone level changes, autonomic nervous system activities, and other changes, which were mechanisms that they said could, where the lack of sleep could contribute to diabetes. Hormone levels, so the different hormones that are in our body that tell our body what to do, our autonomic nervous system. We have two... Uh, two control systems in our body, autonomic and um, voluntary nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response, or the other one, which is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for that healing and repairing and rest and restoration that we get when we sleep at night. All those things end up being altered in folks who don't get those seven hours sleep a night. So what we end up with having is uh, obesity being higher in people that are poor sleepers. We talked about that last week. Obesity can lead to a higher rate of type 2 diabetes. I can't necessarily say that one causes the next, but we see that trend in all those folks. Now, our bodies produce different chemicals as we sleep. Those hormones are produced as we sleep. Sometimes we end up with too much of a bad chemical because our body doesn't clear it out while we sleep. We end up with not enough of a good chemical because our bodies can't make it because we're not getting enough good sleep. We have all kinds of, both, both sides of the problem with that uh, if we're not getting enough sleep. We're not clearing out bad chemicals and not making enough of the good chemicals. None of the stuff that I just mentioned there sounds like a good thing, does it? That's a big enough concern that everybody who talks about sleep aids sounds a whole lot smarter right now, don't they? What about medications? What about those devices they implant under your skin that are supposed to stop you from snoring at night because that disrupts your sleep? What about something like a CPAP machine or a BiPAP machine, people that have sleep apnea? What about those folks out there that are selling the folk remedies or the home remedies or the herbs? All those things might be helping with sleep and therefore might decrease our chances of getting whacked by one of these nasty, ugly diseases. You might have noticed that several of those nasty illnesses have a family or a hereditary component to them as well, or at least potentially do. What do we do for that? The practical side of it is this. If you have a family history of a certain problem and your sleep is not the best, then you're, you're just playing with mat matches and gasoline all at the same time. You better attack both sides of that as best you can now. Another example would be somebody who's got a family history of, let's say, diabetes. Those folks definitely need to attack this problem right now, no matter how old you are, no matter what your A1C looks like. 
you have got to control your diet. You've got to understand what's a good part of the diet and what's not. And you need to start making good, appropriate food choices. You need to make sure that your weight stays good. You need to make those changes now. You need to make sure that the sleep that you're getting is of the right duration and the right quality so that you're not risking increasing your odds of of getting type 2 diabetes. The breakfast that you eat needs to make sure that it's not contributing to a rise in your A1C levels as well. Add a protein to breakfast. These are the kind of things that, that somebody with a family history of diabetes needs to do. We want to make sure that we attack this thing. Be proactive, not reactive. Don't respond when a crisis hits, but attack our health and get better health moving onward so that maybe, maybe we never do end up with the diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. We beat the odds for this one. Now, those are the things that we talked about physically affecting us when we get a lack of sleep. Exactly how does sleep and its lack thereof affect the brain? What's going to go on with our brain? Poor sleep, we know this, makes us feel drowsy. It makes us harder for us to pay attention and it makes it harder for us to concentrate. If we can't concentrate, then learning new ideas and grasping new ideas is not, a, is not going to help us. Not sleeping well makes it harder for our brains to consolidate any new information that we gained over the course of that day. So if you're not sleeping well today, then the information that you tried to learn yesterday doesn't seem to sit well. You can't learn it as well because you can't concentrate on it. So we struggle to grasp new concepts because we can't pay attention and we struggle to retain them because our brain can't consolidate that information with with good sleep that night. This lack of concentration is a huge risk to your job and to everybody else, especially if your job has any public safety basis. Here's where we get some shocking and scary statistics. The government, the federal government comes in and sets a bunch of rules for things like people that are driving. So if you're a truck driver, if you are a passenger bus driver, you can only drive for 14 hours and then you have to have a break. If you're a driver hauling packages and hauling freight, then you are allowed 15 hours. Now they have certain uh, limits on how many hours that you need to rest after you've been on for so many hours. But the federal government has said that for a safety standpoint, we cannot allow people driving tractor trailers and driving buses to be driving drowsy, to be driving and, and performing their job that involves public safety without the proper concentration, alertness, and awareness. Uh, resident doctors in hospitals are being limited now to, are you ready for this? 16 hour shifts. Residents used to work 24 hour shifts nonstop. And they again have set amounts of time that they must be sleeping if they've worked a 16 hour shift. The military takes this very seriously as well. Air Force pilots can only fly for 12 hours maximum, then they must be off for 12 hours. Every branch of the military has its own regulations about what jobs uh, have to be done for a certain amount of time and then what jobs require a certain amount of downtime. There are laws about maximum overtime that nurses can get, but only in some states. Air traffic controllers, and there's a lot of other professions that are involved in things that we would consider public safety that get oversight from the government. Why is that? Because the government has an issue and and a concern to making sure that the people that are out there doing the jobs like landing airplanes and giving us health care and driving passengers and driving truck around, they're doing it in a safe manner. They're awake enough, they're alert enough, they're able to respond quickly enough. Without the proper amount of sleep, those folks become less able to do those jobs safely. And if they're not safe, they're putting us at risk. That's a well understood phenomenon. So well, in fact, that we have laws and rules governing it. There's another group of people that doesn't have anything at all to do with laws and rules, but people that are learning new information. And I'm talking about students. So if we're talking about school age students, elementary, junior, senior high school students, or even college students, 
they have to concentrate. That's what they do all day long. They take in information from the teacher. They try to process it. They try to learn it. They need sleep that evening to consolidate the learning that they had during that day. If they didn't get enough sleep and they couldn't concentrate on the lesson, then they're not learning as well. If they don't sleep well enough that night to consolidate what they did learn that day, again, their learning is doubly impacted. What do we do for those folks? For kids, it would be great to get a consistent bedtime, especially for the younger kids. There's some guidelines out there. Adults need seven hours. If you start talking about the younger students, they need even more hours of sleep. Seven hours is not enough. You need eight and nine hours of sleep for younger kids. They need a bedtime that's consistent, that asks them to get in that bed and get some sleep. During the school night, we might need to limit their nighttime activities, shut down the electronic devices, limit their viewing of suspenseful and scary movies, limit their playing of suspenseful games, let them get to bed and get a good quality and quantity of sleep so that they can consolidate the information they got today, be properly rested to be able to concentrate tomorrow. Maybe they need to turn off those electronic devices in their rooms, those cell phones. Manufacturers, the iPhones and the, the Google devices, they're starting to put um, parental controls on there. It's possible that you could shut down your kid's phone from nine o'clock at night till six o'clock in the morning when he has to get up. That's his nine hours sleep. That's what they need. If kids are going to have these cell phones, we may have to step in to limit the amount of time that they can be on those things. These are also good ideas, not just for these kids and students. And college students have a tendency to not get enough sleep, but they think they um, can get away with that. Uh, but they're, they're facing the same boat. Adults, those of us who aren't still in school, a lot of us have jobs and tasks that require us to learn on the go. We're constantly being bombarded with new information, new regulations, new ways to do things. We've got a new inventory control system or a new software program that we're learning. If you didn't sleep well last night and the boss needs you to start working on learning a new software program today, oh, you're behind the curve. Even as adults need to be getting the proper amount of sleep and making sure that it's good quality sleep. We might need to do some of those things that we talked about last week. Set those bedtimes, limit the electronics use, get a good comfortable bed, get all those things. Big picture, overall, bad sleep can leave us with a lack of energy, a lack of concentration. It makes it harder for us to be active. It makes us harder for us to learn new information. The same poor sleep can cause an increase in insulin levels and make it harder for us to retain and consolidate information. Insulin levels can make us become obese and, and raise our risk of type 2 diabetes. We start to see a bad physical side of things. We're not concentrating. We're not learning new information. We're not consolidating. So we're falling behind when we're trying to do work, when we're trying to be students. Less activity, less cognitive, thoughtful things makes our, our jobs and our activities that much harder. We see things like increased risk of diabetes and obesity and this lack of concentration that really hits us from both sides. What we need to do is move away from that and move down the road toward better health, not down the road slowly and ever so progressively toward poorer health from all the changes that we just talked about. We're going to manage our health. We're going to be proactive about everything we do from a health standpoint and try to get healthier as opposed to responding when a crisis does hit. If we can do that, better sleep tonight starts us on a path, a path. It's just one step on the road to better health now.